Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXIX. We will be reading and commenting on the third line from the top, beginning with, after they have succumbed to the desire again, through two sentences ending with, very little hope of his recovery. Today's readers are Laura A., Elaine H., Vinnie T., Devorah S., and Sally P. The share IDs for yesterday, Monday, January 14th, 2019's meetings are 12-414, that's 12-414 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, and 12-416, that's 12-416 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laura A. to read the 12 Steps of OA. Good morning. This is Laura A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Hampshire, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Excuse me. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Laura A. I will now ask Elaine H. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Thank you. This is Elaine H. from Dallas. My 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express ourselves in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group has, should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Elaine H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXIX. We will be reading and commenting on the third line from the top, beginning with, after they have succumbed to the desire again, through two sentences, with very little hope of his recovery, ending with that. I will now ask Vinny T. to go ahead and read that for us. Uh, good morning. Am I being heard? Yes. Good morning, Vinny. Oh, thank you so much, and uh, thank you all for the uh, privilege of being able to read this this morning. 
After they succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And um, yeah, I think this is you know probably the most painful um, couple of sentences in in the book. Well, I, actually, just the first sentence is painful. The second one is is uh, kind of offering hope. Um, like most of you probably, uh, I went through about 40 years of that cycle of dieting and losing weight and promising myself. Uh, or believing that, you know, I, I had it now, I had it under control, and I wouldn't gain it back. And then, of course, I would lose that control and uh, gain gain back the weight that I had, you know, taken so many, you know, so it was so, so hard to lose. And I would gain that back in plus 20 pounds or so, and the remorse was dreadful. I mean, I just absolutely hated myself and then I talked to someone in OA um, not about the program but we were discussing spirituality which was something I didn't have I was raised as an atheist and uh, you know throughout my life I kind of became an, an agnostic but I was interested and we were talking about spirituality and I don't remember how long after that but I guess the seed had been planted and in my misery, OA popped into my mind, and I looked it up and, and found a meeting. And I came to that meeting with absolutely no idea of the spiritual aspect of the program. And yet, um, there I was, and I've stayed, and I've you know, had my spiritual awakening, and it, it is a miracle for me. And I am so grateful to this program and will do everything I can to keep this. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Vinny T. Who would like to share on these two sentences? This is Larry Kay. Larry Kay. Anyone else? Janice. Okay, I heard someone H and Janice. Who H? Uh, Nancy H. Nancy Julie. H. And was that Julie? Julie? Kelly, yes. Oh, is it my phone or is it yours? I'm hearing. Hi, it's I'm Joni. I I would like to share. Joni, that I heard. Joni L. Kelly S. I have a Kelly. Is that the same as Kelly S? Yeah, that's me. I don't know if you heard me. Sorry. Okay. And um, was it Millie? Oh, Lynn. Lynn N, maybe? Lauren N. Maude? Lauren N. Lauren N. Lauren N. Thank you. Okay, let me tell you who I wrote down, and I could be way off here. I know I heard Larry K., Nancy H., 
uh, Janice, I'm not sure the last initial. There might have been someone between Janice uh, and Kelly. Uh, now recording. Do you have any chicken tenders? Uh, this is an OA meeting. If you're a compulsive overeater, you're welcome to join us. I'm ordering. I'm ordering, please. Um, um, I, I would like, let me see. Do you have your phone otherwise? Um, so anyway, Janice, I, I still didn't catch it. Kelly S. Joni, Millie, maybe? I'm not sure. And Lauren N. Janice, uh, Janice P.M., uh, Rebecca. Oh, hi, Janice P.M. Hi, okay. Janice. We'll see if I got the others correct. I don't know. Let's go with this list, and then we'll open up for more names after that. Larry Kay, please go ahead. Hey, Rebecca, can you hear me? Yes, good morning, Larry. Okay, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Larry Kay recovered. So it says, unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there's very little hope of his recovery. I love the description in the AA 12 and 12 on page uh, 106. It says, when a man and woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that they have now become able to do, feel, and believe that which they could not do before on their unaided strength and resources alone. So, so what couldn't I do? Well, I, I couldn't stay stopped, and that's 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 not me um, uh, stepping up the stairs there, but just to let you know, I couldn't stay stopped from a bin spree. So, something I couldn't do because I couldn't stop the desire for that extraordinary sense of ease and comfort, which I I, I know would come the moment I put that, you know that uh, that substance in my mouth. And what couldn't I feel? Well, I, I couldn't feel comfortable in my own skin unless I was either, you know, pursuing my entertainment foods or, or eating them. And what, what, what couldn't I believe? Well, I couldn't believe that there was any power outside of my, my own internal willpower that could actually, you know, come to my aid. There was just no possibility of mercy, no possibility of grace for me. That, that was where I was. And and in that predicament, you know, paralyzed by fear, you know, unwilling to act in accordance with the instructions laid out in the big book, you know, on that basis, there was, yes, there was very little hope of my recovery. And each time I succumbed, we read succumbed, you know, to the desire, which means I, I give in to the temptation. Of course, I would, I would pick up the, the Cheetos or whatever I'm picking up and, and then would come oblivion. And the awful awakening of the, we read about the four, you know, hideous horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. And I felt that. And the turning point for any of us is when we stop waiting for some mystical kind of hocus pocus and begin to honor our creator by not passively waiting for grace to come, rather by doing what we can do to make grace happen. And I know for me, I continued to succumb again and again because I was just unwilling. Willingness is overrated, but it it was something that I wasn't willing to do. I was only willing to put my food down um, about 99%. And that half measure got me nothing. I had to put it down 100%, embark on this practical program of action. And when I did, mercy and grace began to 
envelope me over time. Not day one, hour one, minute one, but over time it did. Eventually, God, through his mercy, uh, drove out the obsession. And for that, I'm grateful. That I'll pass with that. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Larry Kay. Nancy H. Good morning. This is Nancy H., recovering compulsive eater, currently from on the road. Um, so we're not, we just sold our house and we're traveling, um, my husband and I. So I'm just very grateful to this meeting and for this morning. Um, yesterday was day one back, uh, you know, after a relapse. And um, I, I just so, so grateful because I woke up yesterday morning, I went on the call, I got a sponsor, um, and I felt this tremendous, tremendous relief. I felt like God was alive in my uh, life again. Like God, I mean, he's always there, but like I felt connection yesterday for the first time in a while. And just definitely relate to the paragraph that, you know, once I succumb to the desire, um, the phenomenal craving definitely developed and the stages of a spree. And the biggest thing that struck me this time that I was in relapse was not just a, a spree, or not just eating. It was for me, it was back into the dieting and the thinking, the constant thinking about, oh, am I going to lose this weight by uh, April and got to do this and got to do that. And just my brain was so messed up. Um, and I was really wanted relief from the, the compulsive, crazy thinking. And I'm feeling like I can't tell you. And so I went to a meeting at noontime yesterday, a face-to-face. And I spoke to my sponsor, and I, I just feel so much relief. And I think that um, this is just such a wonderful program, and I pray that I can stay connected and, and not have to go through this over and over again. And I know if I do the work and I pray every day and I stick to it, I know that I, I can, uh, it's one day at a time, though, right? Just like my alcoholism. So one day at a time, I want to just express my gratitude again to this meeting. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Nancy H. Janice P.M. Yes, good morning to you, Rebecca F. and everyone. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. I love this paragraph because I label it the vicious, vicious cycle. This is my illness. It's a vicious cycle. You know, what happens after? The compulsive overeater gives in to that desire. Well, where does the desire come from? Well, it says here, it says here, it comes from, you know, the the obsession of the mind and, that's a connective word, and the phenomenon of craving develops. So the desire is in my head. And of course, you know, if it uh, if I've been eating, it, it, it'll seem like the desire, but it's the phenomenon of craving because I I woke up the the illness by already having something. So it's called, and then what happens? It develops um, all this, and it becomes the stage of a spree. 
Now, if you're like me and you're a compulsive overeater, once you wake up that Doberman Pinscher and you know it starts a spree, it's like the intoxicated drunk. It's, uh, and, and I'm an intoxicated compulsive overeater once that starts. Now, after I become so remorseful, why? Because I really meant not to do it again. I mean, if somebody says to me, you know what, but I really mean it. Guess what? I'll say, yeah, I believe you. I know. But see, we're powerless. We cannot manage this ourselves. Uh, Only God knows how many times I tried and how many ways I tried. And still it would happen over and over and over again. The vicious cycle, like a wheel of a bike, goes over. And, and, and there's no way that I could stop it unless, unless it says here that we experience an entire psychic change. Well, to me, that means to, the 12 steps, finding a power because I'm powerless, will help me, will erase that obsession I mean, if it hasn't happened to you, it will when you get through with the, the 12 steps and it will be removed for one day. That's why we have to keep, to keep in fit spiritual condition. Unless that happens, there's no hope. And I, know the, and I know what that means. I tried and I tried myself, but there was no hope. I was so hopeless in my mind. But today, I'm not hopeless. I know I'm not hopeless because I'm recovered through these 12 steps. I have no desire to pick up that, that whatever it was that I was eating, and I know what they are. Um, and so with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thanks, Janice P.M. Kelly S. Thanks, Rebecca. It's Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. Um, my timer okay so um this is such a powerful paragraph obviously that's why we broke it down so um i relate to this so much after they succumb to the desire again you know it's after i i see other people taking those those bites or i've convinced myself this time is going to be different which i did many years and then that you know i take that first bite and as we hear the bite takes me right and then the phenomenon of craving develops and I mean, that thing is just a beast, and I cannot stop. And I have a a really good friend who's in this place right now, and I listen to her, and I'm reminded of this pain that this does, this disease and that craving. It is absolutely awful. And I did that for 30-something years, and I would wake up. In these rooms, I did this, right? I would wake up so many times with that resolution to not only not overeat, I was going to start working this program. I really am, you know. I'm going to find this sponsor. I'm going to start working this program. I'm going to go to this retreat, and I'm going to really start working this program. I'm going to go to the OA birthday party, and then I'm going to really start working my program. And you know what? The other thing I did, and that didn't work because I'm just telling you, meetings are great. Conventions are awesome. Sponsors are amazing, but that is not where my recovery lies. And so, you know, I kept looking for that something to fix me. And the other thing is I kept expecting my God, my higher power to just fix me. I wanted to be zapped. You know, I read this entire psychic change. Okay, God, make me thin. Well, that didn't work. Okay, God, give me this entire psychic change. I'm praying, please, God, please. I'm pleased. I'm not going to eat anymore. Please help me. Please help me. Well, guess what the, the steps say? In the 12th step, the very last step that we have to work 
second order, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, wait, what? I have to work all 12 steps to get this entire psychic change? How did I miss that? I mean, I had to read back in the appendix the, the um, spiritual awakening of the educational variety. That's me. You know, I am definitely the one. I mean, they wrote these steps for a reason in order. I had to work these steps in order. I had to quit waiting to be zapped. I had to quit looking for something else to fix me. Guess what the real, the solution is? The instructions in this book, putting down the food, working these steps, getting through every one of them in order, as they say, because I tried it every other way. Once I had that entire psychic change, then, then. So that's why we work this program like our hair's on fire. I have to get through this stuff, pick up the spiritual toolkits, you know, trust this process. I'm an addict. I want it now. I want it now. And it doesn't work. And I know I've said this before, you know, that old saying about, you know, pray, you know, continue to pray to row to shore. Row? What the hell? I have to row? Well, guess what? I have to row. I have to work these steps. And I am so grateful today. I'll wrap up with this that I've been willing to do that for almost four years after being around these rooms for 36 years. Grateful for you guys and glad to be here. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Kelly S. Joni, what's your first initial of your last name? I'm sorry, what did you say? What's the first initial of your last name, Joni? Uh, M. Good morning, Joni. Go right ahead, Joni M. Good morning. Um, I started with bulimia when I was like 21. I am now 71. Um, And I went to Overeaters um, for a long time, and it it worked over time. Um, The eating got under control. But, you know, I never got the spiritual part of the program. I, I would go on and on to the meetings for many years and use it kind of as a support. Um. I do have PTSD in my past, and so I have a lot. I had so much trouble. I just couldn't get the God concept. You know, God wasn't there for me as a child, and so I could not get that essential component. And um, so anyway, and after I stopped eating, I started using relationships. I became a workaholic, um, always looking to fill myself and, you know, giving up the food. Um, since I'm retired, I am now, like I said, 71, and I'm retired, I've had to face life without my work addiction and um, relationship addiction. Um, a year ago, I, um, I started, I, I became a member of Herb K. He does workshops on the 12 steps, and, and I have been able to go to a level where I have never, he's taken me to find the God who I could never find. I am now working on step four, and it's been very emotionally painful. But, you know, um, I have been praying, um, and like uh, last night something came up with my family of origin, and I said the um, acceptance prayer over and over and over again. And I'm just finding miracles, in, and God is really, I'm seeing things happen that um, just, you know, it's its really becoming real to me, and um, I'm really indebted to Herb K, and I don't know if anybody in this fellowship does Herb K, but I really need someone to listen to my fourth step if you, if you work with Herb K. So anyway, I'm just... Um, 
so, you know, I'm just so, uh, it's just been such a blessing to find the spirituality I've been looking for all my life. And um, so, yeah, that is the essential thing that, you know, I wrote, I wrote everything else for years. But anyway, I thank you for, for taking me on this call. And if anybody does work, work with Herb K and knows how to do the fifth step with him, I would really welcome help on that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joni M. Is there a Millie who wanted to share? I might have thought I heard Millie when there was no Millie. So since I don't hear a Millie speaking up, I'm going to go to Lauren N., Good morning, Rebecca. It's Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. After the well-known spree, which I had been in hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, it's only with the psychic change that I can... that I can admit defeat, that I can admit that I am in recovery and I can be in recovery. And thank God for recovery today. Thank God for my higher powers with skin. Thank God for all of you that teach me how to be authentic and how to live in recovery today and forever, I guess. I hope it's forever, put it that way. Um, The entire psychic change has helped me get through so many things and has helped me learn how to be a better person and not to take my my angst out on myself and not to sabotage my life. And thank God for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Okay, I want to tell anyone who got on late that we read two sentences beginning at the top of XXIX, the third line down, after they have succumbed to the desire through the end of the paragraph, there is very little hope of his recovery. Who else wants to share on these two paragraphs? John L. Someone else? John L. John L. And I think I heard a Nicole C. Yeah, Nicole C. Thank you. And Leah M. Did you get Melissa C? I did, Melissa. Who who was speaking at the same time as Melissa? Mary B. Mary B. 
Amy K. Okay. Okay, Maura I think Zoom. that we're not going to have time. I, I have Maura and I think Amy, but I don't know if we'll have time for either of you, but we'll see how it goes. So here's who I wrote down, Katie G, Harlan uh, G, uh, Ginger C, Melissa C, John, I didn't get, I know you gave it to me, but I didn't write it down, Nicole C, Leah M, Mary B, Maura Z, and Amy, and I didn't write the initials down. So uh, we probably won't have that much time unless some people don't take the full three minutes. Katie G, please go ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered in Boston. And I'm thinking of all the resolutions that I made. Um, and when I looked up the word resolution, um, Resolution is just a promise, right? Like I, I, I promise I'm not going to do this again, um, you know, and it's a firm resolution, but even a firm resolution isn't going to do it. So what does that mean, KDG? Well, what I've been taught is that the difference between all the resolutions that I made, not to eat, not to binge, not to purge, not to use laxatives, not to use Ipecac, not to starve and, and whatever, all the crazy mishigash I did with the food in this program, we make decisions, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but decision is, um, the, it's from the Latin root, detio, which means to cut away other, all other options. I'm sure, sure I'm messing it up. But so when I make a decision and not a resolution, I'm not giving you frothy emotional appeal, right? I'm taking actions, right? That quote that someone always says and reminds us of, your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying, right? And so I, I make the decision, put the food down, put the behaviors down, put the ingredients down entirely and follow through with this program of action, right? And unless I get that entire psychic change, you know, someone else in program always says there's, there's only one thing you need to change, and that's everything. And it's so true. Like, when I think of the woman that I was, this fragile, scared woman that I was when I came into these rooms versus the woman that I am now, you know, there's a teacher that I have who says, death of self for successful living, KDG, death of self. And, and, and that means I don't want to die today. That, that's not what I'm trying to say. It means that the ideas, emotions, and attitudes that I used to dominate my life, like let me get what I want, let me do what I want, don't take what I want, or else I'm going to be in big trouble, that made me a porcupine. I walked around like a porcupine, and I, I, I made sure that you felt my pricks if you weren't doing what I wanted, right? And so today because of this entire psychic change and these few simple rules, right, 12 steps, I'm a little bit softer, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, throw, I'm not throwing my life um, into the ring so that I can get that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking that first bite. And thank you, God, even more importantly, my personality, like, me getting my needs met is not my priority. It's about you. It's about how can I be of service? God, if I go to do this, will you go with me? And I'll just close with this. It's about, God, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And what a gift that I have a direction and a purpose today to stay abstinent and to help other women. And with that, I do pass. Thank you for all of your shares. Thank you, Katie G. Harlan G. 
Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I woke up every day of my life with tears in my eyes. I woke up every day with tears in my eyes because of the eating that I had done the day before. I woke up every day with tears in my eyes because I despised the image in the mirror that I saw. I woke up every day begging God for death. I woke up every day in a filthy, dirty apartment with no hope, shoving towels between layers of flab, knowing inherently that I weighed as much as three adults. I woke up emasculated of mind and emasculated of body. I had no hope. I had no life. I would vow that today would be different. I would vow that today I wasn't going to eat X. And every single day I ate X, Y, Z, and everything else that didn't eat me first. I would succumb to that desire again. And I would pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to do it again. And I repeated it over and over. And then one day, I came in here for the third time. You gave me your hand to hold. You gave me your heart. You gave me a book. You spoke to me in the language of the heart. I had been on diet pills as a child. I was prescribed heavy-duty amphetamines at age 9 and 10. I was on every diet as a kid you could imagine. I had been dieting from the time I was 7, 8 years old. I had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. The desire to eat left me. And I have abstained for a little more than 20 years, and I have done so happily. This paragraph is a cornerstone of everything we will build, and the depth at which we will accept this paragraph will mark the urgency with which we will work the rest of the steps. And until this paragraph is absorbed into the soul, nothing will usually take place. The only out I have from the pain of not eating is either eating or the spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. There is no third choice. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Ginger C. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Colorado. And this is one of my favorite sentences, especially with this particular addiction, this food addiction that was upon me and killing me. And this is repeated over and over and over and over. And that is all that I knew in OA with food. 
all I was doing was relapsing and relapsing, and I could not get days together. And if I put days together, they were white-knuckled, they were painful, and I hated them. And I usually went to bed early that day just to claim another day. And my problem with this paragraph is that I kept the back door open. First of all, I was never entirely abstinent. I never even understood what that meant. I didn't realize that sauces are slippery. Yes, there's sugar in ketchup. But I kept that back door open. And like another friend says, if food is an option, it will always be the only option. And like our first speaker said and says often, you know, the painful existence that I was experiencing, the food becomes a step up. Amen. Like, I have to eat right now because I am so uncomfortable and I can't stand another second of this. Sorry, what did you so say thank, about what did Thank you say about God that? for every beautiful bite that I took because one last bite, and I may not be here today sharing this, this amazing recovery. Uh, we're delicious. Because mm. until we concede to our um, innermost self, head to heart, and we see the reality of this life and death situation, we're not going to go anywhere. You have to take step one completely. That back door has got to be shut. The food has got to be put down. And then the gift comes because you work this practical program of action, these 12 steps precisely as laid out in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and you will have this entire psychic change, this personality change from within and you're going to start going out in a way that you've never experienced. And I hope you don't miss it. And I hope today's pain is enough because the 12 and 12 says you can be spared the last 15 of literal hell. It progresses. I was dying. And I don't think you have to take it to the bottom of the elevator. Not only did I take it to the bottom, I kept digging underneath it. And I'm lucky to be alive today. So I pray that you just put the food down. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we're here to share that there is a message of hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And I'm so sorry for the interruption. You know, um, although you come to scoff, may you stay and pray. You know, um, there's almost 400 of us on the line, and it's understandable that there might be some people who are disruptive and uh, we just trudge along. So um, thanks for your share, Ginger C., and for everyone's patience. And if you are not Melissa C., please mute your phone. Make sure it's muted. Go ahead, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your beautiful service this morning. Melissa C. recovers from overeater in New York and um, yeah, this is the psychic change, you know, that my way of thinking is entirely different than what it used to be. And, um, you know, it was described to me that this entire paragraph that we've read, um, it can be described as the addiction cycle, but it's a spiral. You know, in people like me, it's not just a cycle, it's a spiral. And so what happens is my binges get longer and more painful more debilitating and they go to depths that they never went to before and the time that I awaken and arouse gets shorter and shorter so that this spiral gets tighter and tighter and tighter and at the end 
I am just a black dot in the middle. That is my entire life. And that's really what it was like for me, you know. Um, it's just squeezed out everything. And so I would lay in bed at night, every night, in the middle of the night, you know, towards the end. I could feel my heart pounding in my ears. Um, I knew my blood pressure was dangerously high. I couldn't sleep because I had sleep apnea. My knees hurt, my legs hurt, my feet were swollen, um, and I would cry because my beautiful children were sleeping in their rooms across the wall. My husband was sleeping next to me, and I was terrified that they were going to wake up to find me dead. And yet, that pain wasn't enough to keep me from repeating the same ridiculous behavior that the next morning I would wake up and start all over again. And I needed I needed a brain transplant. That's what I think about the psychic change. I did not need another diet. I did not need another food plan. I didn't need another sponsor, um, another exercise routine. I needed me to change internally. And when I came upon Oprah's Anonymous, it sounded like brainwashing. And guess what? It was. But my brain was filthy. It was dirty, and it needed a good wash. And I am so grateful that this entire psychic change has happened for me and that the things that used to rock my world don't, that I have patience, love, tolerance, kindness, even for interruptions to my secret meeting, I'm filled with prayer, and that is a change. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. John L., you're next. Yes, good morning, everyone. This is John L. in Chandler, Arizona, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. The reading today really uh, hit me because for so many years before I finally got it in OA, I was fighting the food. Uh, My life looked like I would binge all day, and especially at night, uh, couldn't sleep at night. My heart's pounding in my chest and wake up the next day in remorse. And really, I was experiencing the next day a uh, food hangover. I was tired, lethargic, sick, uh, and just couldn't believe what I did to myself again. And I would, you know, swear it off, man, I'm never going to do that again. But lo and behold, let a couple hours pass, and it's coming around 1130 uh, in the morning, and off I go again, and into the food I went. And this just repeated itself. And then I would go to OA meetings and, and, you know, get some abstinence for a while, and then I would slip. And I had to really concede to my innermost self that food does this to me, and it has been. I, I mean... I have been hooked on on sugar and cake and desserts and everything since I was seven years old. And it's always been the same thing. The behavior and and everything that I would do uh, just time and time again. So finally, when I really said, this is a real problem and I have got to do something about this, and I'm not, it's never going to be different if I go eat those trigger food substances. It's always going to be the same. And when I really got that in my head, I could stay abstinent and come to the program and develop myself spiritually 
because to me that's the whole name of the game like it says at the end of chapter three i have to enlarge my spiritual life the psychic change and that's where i get the power to stay on my food plan and thank you very much with that i'll pass thank you thanks john l nicole c Good morning. This is Nicole C. in California, uh, Morgan Hill, California. And um, I, I definitely know 110% to my core that if I put even one drop, like doesn't matter where it is on the list of ingredients, if I even put one drop of any of the alcoholic foods into my body, you know, um, I am not going to have any control. Um, it was really, really, really hard for me to understand that in the beginning, um, but it's very freeing for me now. Um, rather than try to force myself to be a normal eater when that's never going to happen and make myself miserable, it's so much easier if I just accept, like, I can't eat what the next person next to me that isn't a compulsive overeater eats. Like, I am a compulsive overeater. I always have been. I always will be. I accept it to my core 110%. And I don't want to wake up that part of me because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'll ever get back. Like, I'm so terrified. That if I wake that up, I will not get another recovery. And I can't live the way that I was living. I can't. It's too horrible. I hate myself every day. I can't be of service to God or to my fellows. I'm, you know, suffocated by the bedevilments. I am of no real use to anybody. And I am so familiar with that remorse. And swearing, today I'm not going to eat like I ate yesterday. You know, and um, it's heartbreaking. And if if you're on the line and, and that's how you're feeling today, please know that, you know, we all understand, we all relate, all of us on this line, and that's why we're here. And um, having an entire psychic change um, means that all the old ideas I have have been moved aside, they've been cast aside, they've been displaced. You know, um, it's it's not about, you know, magic or believing in things that don't exist. What it is is that I have a displacement of all of my emotions, all of my thoughts, all of my ideas. They're cast aside and they're replaced with new ones. And I get that through taking the steps here. Um, but that said, that doesn't mean that suddenly my body is different and that I can put these things in my body and that it's going to react normally. Just because I have a psychic change doesn't mean I'm not a compulsive eater anymore. I will always will be. I can't put these things in my body um, like a normal person can. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Nicole C. Leah M. Thank you very much. This is repeated over and over. You know, just reading this paragraph is tiring. You know, it reminds me of being worn out by the illness. 
Um, I had stopped thousands of times. I could never stay stopped because of this vicious cycle. And I had no hope that my life would be any different because it was absent of any real quality of life. Even after all the suffering I had experienced, even after all the medical consequences, the hospitalizations that I had gone through, the mental torture, the emotional turmoil, the isolation that I experienced, the deep depression, the suicidal thinking, my mind would convince me to pick up the foods uh, that were killing me over and over and over and over again. The big book teaches me that to get over compulsive overeating is going to require a transformation of thought and attitude, that if I remained to be the same person, I would eat again, and that this process was miraculous, but it wasn't magical, and it was going to require action, and it was going to require continued action because freedom wasn't free. I don't know about your disease. I can tell you about mine. Food changed instantly my perception of reality. It gave me a sense of ease and comfort. It made the world seem less threatening for some reason. Someone in whom the problem had been solved sat across from me and he said, Leah, what if you could find a way to live where your mind wasn't going to focus on and lock on that sense of ease and comfort that would come at once by eating the food? And that this process is available to you, and it's called recovery, and that's what this is about. It's about implementing the steps, which is going to create a rearrangement of your mind. No one was, <laughs> I was the creator of my own pain. No one was doing this to me. I was the architect of my own misery. I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit-guided mind, and I was going to get that through the process of the 12 steps. Because through the 12 steps, I was going to learn the art of living undisturbed. That there wasn't a spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program. And as a result of those steps, and as a result of continuing to apply these steps, I've undergone a profound alteration in my reaction to life as a result of this work and as a result of tapping an unsuspected inner resource who I call God. And today I can live with a sense of harmony with the universe and with others. And it allows me to live happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah M. Mary B., you have a minute or so if you'd like to take it. If you want to share longer, you could wait till the next hour. Mary B. Well, Maura texted me she'll wait till the next hour. So, Amy, I guess you do get a turn after all. And it'll be a short one if you'd like to take it. Good morning. Can you hear me? Is this Amy? This is Amy Kay. Hi, Amy. Do you mind keeping it on the shorter side, like a minute or so? (laughs) I don't mind at all. If you can tell me when the time is up, that would be helpful. I will. Go right ahead. Okay. So... um, I'm so grateful to be on this morning. I'm Amy Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, 
after they have come to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through all the stages of this grief and emerge remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is my life. I'm a, I'm a chronic relapser, and I'm abstinent today. And I'm working the 12 steps, and it's an absolute miracle. And I feel that there has been a psychic change I went, I had my annual physical yesterday, and my doctor was, you know, asking me, well, can't you just have a little? And I knew in the innermost part of me that I neither did I have to convince her, nor did I have to believe her, and that it was okay if she didn't understand. Um, so thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. Thank you, Amy Kay. Sorry you didn't have the full three minutes, but thank you for sharing. And thank you for everyone uh, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 12 Four eighteen. That's one two four one eight. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Devora S. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and thank you for this opportunity. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.